welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. Book of Romans chapter 6. Would you put your hand right here on your chest? Father, may we have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive. That your understanding and the knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom would be open to us today. And that we would receive them and cherish them and that they would go deep into our hearts as seed goes into good soil that they would bring forth 40, 60, and 100-fold in our life in Jesus' holy name. I hear an amen? Amen. 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 Now, since Easter, we have been sharing with you this concept, and I ask you to look at it with me. And go to the next slide for me. Maybe. There we are. Okay. Say with me. God is love. And love equals mercy. That is compassionate care. Because God is love, He looks upon our life with compassionate care. But mercy equals grace. Say it with me. Mercy equals grace. Grace is when God gives to us undeserved benevolence and kindness. We don't deserve it. We can't earn it. God gives it to us as a gift because He has mercy upon us and He loves us. Amen? But grace equals salvation. Salvation is healing of the whole person, not just the forgiveness of our sin. When you study the word sozo in Scripture, it's the healing of the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. That's why when you study the sufferings of Christ, He not only suffered to carry our sin, He brought healing to our body, healing to damaged emotions, healing to troubled minds, and healing to a will that was rebellious against His. The whole person. Amen? Isn't that wonderful? The whole person. But salvation also equals becoming a new person with a whole new identity. Listen to this passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 17-19. You've heard me quote portions of it often. I want to share with you the whole passage together. It says this, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God 
who has reconciled us unto himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God makes us a whole new creation, a whole new creation, a whole new creation, a whole new creation, a whole new creation. creation. We were born a sinner. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And when we are born again, when we receive salvation, When by faith through grace we receive salvation, Almighty God makes us a whole new creation with a whole new identity and a whole new life source. Isn't that wonderful? How's that possible? Well, we've been studying this concept since Easter. And it's all wrapped up in Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. As we we finish this series today and begin a whole new series next week about building an ark for the family, when, when we look at this in total, it is this. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. Amen? The eternal God-man, 100% God, 100% man. That's why it says in Colossians chapter 2, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. Amen? And he went to the cross, and when he was on the cross... The scripture says, God laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Everything you've ever done wrong, God put on Jesus Christ. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. And so Jesus Christ died in your place. He took your sin upon himself and he died so you wouldn't have to. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you think you might want to say thank you to Jesus right now? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you did. But then, when Jesus Christ was buried in the grave, your life of sin was buried with him to live no more. So your life of sin is dead and buried. It doesn't live anymore. And when Jesus walked out of that grave on the third day, he made it possible for you now to be risen to new life. That's why it says in Romans 8, 11, but if that same spirit which raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So when you ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin and come live in your heart and life, Jesus puts the Holy Spirit in you. He, the scripture says it's the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit that then makes you a whole new creation with a whole new identity, free from your life of sin, free now to live in newness of life in Jesus Christ. That's the concept 
And that's the foundation of the concept that now releases us to live as a whole new creation. Hmm. How you doing with that? Are you living like a whole new person? Or do you kind of tend to wrestle with some of the old stuff? You see, here's, here's what needs to happen. Is we, we need to learn how to live out of the new identity instead of living out of our old identity. But here, here's, here's what we tend to do. We tend to excuse some of our faults and foibles, some of our bad behavior. We tend to excuse it because, well, after all, I'm German. That's how Germans are. Well, I'm French, so of course I behave like that. Or, or we'll say it this way. Well, I'm a hackett. Hackets do that. You know what we're doing? We're living by our old identity. And, and we're living under the curse because we're choosing to live by the identity that's under the curse. But it says in Galatians chapter 3, it says that Jesus Christ was made a curse for us because it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Listen, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles to whom God has given the Holy Spirit. And so because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can now live under the blessings of Abraham free from the curse because we have been born again because Jesus hung on the cross and was buried and rose again. So why do we go back and identify with that guy who's under the curse? Let's learn to live under the identity of the guy who's free from the curse and has the Holy Spirit power and all things are become new. Come on, give God a praise. How do we do that? How can we do that? Well, the first thing we have to do is we've got to apply the Romans 6 to 11 to 14 principle. Are you there, Romans 6? Remember I told you to go to Romans 6? Did you close your Bibles already? Okay, are you there at Romans 6? Look at verse 11. Reckon ye therefore yourselves indeed to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now that's the old King Jimmy. It says, reckon ye yourselves. I think one translation says, identify. Okay, I think, I think the NAS and maybe the NIV says, count yourself. Does it say count yourself? Yeah. Count yourself. Now, literally, the Greek word here is an accountant's term, which means to put into your account. Now, what's fun with this is here it says put this into your account, but the 2 Corinthians 5 19 passage I quoted to you a moment ago, it says, not imputing their trespasses. The same Greek word is used there. <clears throat> and while in Romans 6, you're putting into your account in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God is taking out of your account. 
So look what's going on here. God reaches into your account and says, I'm taking out of there all those bad words you said, all that bad behavior. I'm taking out of there all of your rebellious living. I'm taking out of there all of your selfishness. I'm taking out of there all of your dishonesty. I'm taking out of there all the sin you've ever done in your life. God takes out of your account, removes it, and the scripture says he remembers it no more. And then what he wants you to do is to deposit back into your account the fact that you're dead to sin and you're alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You've never sinned. I don't know how you can sit there, man. I, I want to jump up and down. Now, maybe you didn't live as bad as I did. But, man, I am so thankful that guy doesn't live anymore. He's dead and buried, and he's been dead and buried for, wow, next year will be 50 years he's been dead and buried. This is the new dean, and I never did any of that stuff. Isn't that exciting? I am a new dean, and you're a new Jeremiah. Woohoo! And you want to know something else? We got the same papa. Isn't that exciting? Woohoo! But he didn't give you the same hairstyle he gave me. <laughs> we have a new creation. We are a new creation. But we've got to think that way. We've got to think that way. That's why he goes on to say, let not sin reign in your mortal bodies. Therefore, let not sin reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto Him. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Remember our concept? Go back to slide number two for me. Remember our concept? God is love. Love equals mercy. Mercy equals grace. Grace equals salvation. Salvation equals being a new creation with a whole new identity. There we are. Under grace, we're a whole new creation. Hallelujah. We've got to learn how to live that way. And, the, and to do that, we've got to change our thinking. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4, would you please? The book of Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading at verse 22. I'm going to read from the NIV. You follow whatever translation that you're in. And listen to these words very carefully. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See, you can live under deception and those old desires. Well, I'm a whatever. Well, you know, after all, this is, you know, that's just how we are. You can live under that. And Murphy's Law, if you want to, I don't know why anybody would want to live under Murphy's Law. But we sure quote it a lot. Kind of silly. 
when you can live under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, why would you want to live there? See, now listen, listen to what he goes on to say here in verse 20, uh, in, in verse 23. He said, which, which, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Do you see that? You can actually change your thinking and through the changing of your thinking begin to live out of that new identity. That's what he says in Romans chapter 12 when he said, I beseech thee therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Listen, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there in the Greek is metamorpho. We get the English word metamorphosis from that Greek word. Metamorphosis is the scientific term that describes what makes a polywog into a bullfrog and makes a woolly worm into a monarch. If boys come up with a woolly worm in their hand to the girls, they go, oh, and they'll run away. They don't want to see that woolly worm. It's even more fun, guys, if you put it on their neck. <clears throat> oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm sorry. I... But you know what? Isn't it interesting? If you, if, if, you, if you say, come here, come here, come here, and you show them a monarch, they want to go, ooh, right? Same bug. It's the same bug. The one they run away from is the same one they want to run to. But what happened was metamorphosis. And in our life, there's things in our life that make people want to run. People don't want to be around us. It destroys marriages. It makes our children hate us. There are things in our life that will make us corrupt businessmen, dishonest leaders. There are things in our life that will make us crooked politicians, that will make us alcoholics, and will make us addicted to different kinds of narcotics. That kind of stuff makes us warm. But by the power of Almighty God, that person can be changed into a wonderful saint of Almighty God. God. The power of the Holy Spirit to bring metamorphosis into our life that makes us a whole new creation with a whole new identity. A person who has never done that in their life. But you got to change your thinking. The other thing you have to do is you have to change the picture inside. Because even though we've been born again, oftentimes we still live by the old image. We've got this old picture inside here. And that's what the Apostle Paul was talking about when he said, Reckon ye yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Come on. Come on. You've got to change that picture inside. Who do you see in there? Who are you shaving every day? Whose hair are you fixing and whose makeup are you putting on every day? That old person or the new one? Are you that old immoral guy that couldn't control his passions and couldn't control his eyes? 
damaging your wife's sense of worth and value? Are you that, are, are you that, that, that old woman who was naggy and complaining and greedy and selfish and only thought about yourself? Or are you the new woman made in the image of Jesus Christ, full of love, joy, and peace? Who are you? If you have Jesus in you, you're the second one, not the first one. But you got to see yourself that way. Well, how do we do this? Let me quickly give you three tools that will help you live by this new identity. Three wonderful tools. They're powerful. They're powerful. How do you know they're powerful, Pastor? Hey, they worked in me. Well, I know you probably see a lot of faults and foibles still, right? I, I know you do. I got a lot of warts. But, oh, if you could just, if you had known me 49 years ago, you know, I, I've told you this before. When I started going to church, all the moms said to their daughters, don't sit by him. There was good reason. But I'm a new creation. <laughs> I've never done that. See? God's transformed me. And you know the exciting thing? Whatever's wrong with me now, hey, five years from now, I'll be better. The cool thing is God's not done painting my picture yet. So what do you mean you don't like me? You haven't seen me yet. Because God's not done. Huh? We might not have liked the Mona Lisa either if we, if we, wasn't we see the finished product. You know what I mean? How do I know what I mean? You know? My wife makes amazing quilts. They're just incredible. They're stunningly beautiful. But <laughs> I got to tell you, when you first look at them, they're just a mess. There are all these crazy little pieces and odd colors, and you go, what are you going to do? At least I ask, what are you going to do with that? You know? Of course, I, I don't sew. I can't do any of that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you what, the finished product is amazing. And you know what's really, really cool? God's finished product of you is amazing. It's amazing. But we're looking at the underside and we see all those strings dangling and, and it doesn't make, we look at it and we go, that didn't make a lick of sense. I know. I know. But see, we're, if we could somehow get up here and see what God's making, folks, it's beautiful what God is making. And that's why we got to learn these tools. Here's the first one. We got to walk through the Ephesian experience. Listen, listen to what the apostle wrote to the church at Colossae. He was talking about this very thing. He was saying, you know what, guys? If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Put your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Listen to this. For ye are dead, and your life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that cool? Hey, thy old guy is dead, and now here I am. I'm in Christ Jesus. But listen to what he says in verse 10. 
This is so wonderful. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. If we're going to live out of the new identity, we have to put the knowledge of who we are in our heart. Do you know who you are in Christ? Really, do you know who you are in Christ? So you have to put on this new knowledge. Now, if you have not accessed it yet, let me encourage you to go online.winacity.com and download the the teaching notes for today because in there I have a step-by-step how to have the Ephesian experience. If you cannot access that, online.winacity.com. If you can't access that, if you will telephone the office and request it, we will email it to you. But listen, what you, the Ephesian experience in the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before Him, in love, having predestined us to the adoption of children. Hey folks, just those two verses, three and four, listen, Let me tell you who you are. You are blessed. How much are you blessed? With all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Well, how many is that? Well, how big is God? How big is God? How big do you think God might be? That's how many blessings he has for you. How big is your God? That's how many blessings he has for you. So let me ask you a question. How many blessings are you living under right now? If you're living under less than all, you got some catching up to do. Well, how are we going to get all those blessings? Well, we just have the rest of our life to get them. What I don't want to do, I really don't want to arrive in heaven and have God open closet after closet after closet and say, this could have been yours. It was waiting for you. You just, didn't, you just didn't go there. How many got some catching up to do? Come on, guys. get the, You're blessed. That's who you are. But not only that, look, before the foundation of the world, God chose you to be holy and without blame. Look at that. Look at that. You are blameless. Isn't that cool? No condemnation. You are blameless. You are holy. I love this one. You are before Him. The Greek word there, before Him, is the Greek synonym to the Hebrew word panim al panim. Panim al panim in Hebrew means to be face to face. The Greek word means face to face. But it's also used in the Greek to be of a man knowing his wife intimately. That level of face to face. That's who you are. You are face to face with Almighty God. And so many times, because we don't know who we are, we're going, God, where are you? And God's going, right here. I'm I'm right here. And we're going, God, where are you? I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here, child. I'm right here. Hey, I'm right here. 
Hey, I know you're in pain, but I'm right here. Hey, I know you feel abandoned right now, but I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. If we just knew who we are in Christ. We've got to have the Ephesian experience. Next, we've got to memorize large blocks of Scripture. Not just a verse here, a verse here, a verse here, a verse here. Large blocks of Scripture. Why is that? Because it is the building blocks for the renewing of our mind. If you're a contractor or you're a builder or if you're one of those guys that is just handy with your hands and you, and you know how to do remodel and, and stuff like that, I, I so envy you. You don't want me to build a doghouse because it'll fall down and kill your dog. You know, but I just, I'm not any good with that stuff with my hands, okay? Uh, but there are other things I'm good at, but I'm not any good at that. But one of the things through the years, working with builders and contractors and having taken churches through lots of, of remodel enlargement projects, I've learned about building. In fact, in Sandpoint, I earned my tool belt. I have a tool belt hanging out there in my closet. It's got a hammer in it. It's got the carpenter's pencil in it. It's got my, my uh, 25 foot measuring tape in it and it's got all kinds of nails and it's just, it's really cool. And I earned that because when we built the building in Sandpoint, I actually helped put up the trusses. Now that was a scary deal. But they talked me into that. You talk about, I, I got so sanctified through those four weeks. That far off the ground, standing on something that thin. It was just, but, but these guys taught me how to do some of that. And one of the things I learned, it doesn't do any good to go into a, a remodeling project if you're not going to buy the lumber, buy the nails, have the right tools, if you're, if you're not going to invest in the right stuff that will do it right, okay? I tried to build something one time with a buck knife, and a hammer. I had to cut the wood with a buck knife. Yeah, that didn't turn out very good. But you know what? The next time I wanted to build something, I bought a skill saw. It went a lot better. Are you getting the idea? And so many of us, we try to live the new life, but we don't give God the building materials He needs. The building materials are in the Word of God. And so when you memorize large blocks of Scripture, you are giving God the tools and the building material for the transforming of your mind. So you memorize large blocks of Scripture. I recommend you start with Ephesians chapter 1. And verses 3 to, to 7, and then chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. I start there. Memorize those. When you get that done, go back to Romans chapter 6 and memorize the first 14 verses of Romans chapter 6. When you get that done, memorize the first 14 verses of Romans chapter 8. Boy, you will be putting building material in the hands of Holy Spirit, and He can renew your mind, and you'll start living like a new creation.
But it's not enough to just memorize it. You have to meditate on it. Meditation. Listen to what the psalmist David said. How many know David was a pretty powerful man of God? Listen to his words. He said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it doth he meditate day and night. That man shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, whose leaves shall not wither, and he brings forth his fruit in its season. You want to live a fruitful life? You want to be a strong, healthy oak for Almighty God? Dear ones, here's how you do it. You memorize large blocks of Scripture, and then you meditate on them at night. When you shut out the light and you put your head on the pillow, you start chewing on the word you've been memorizing. The word is ruminate. It means to chew the cud. So like a cow chewing the cud, you're going to lay your head on your pillow, and you're going to start meditating on that word. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings in heaven. What does that look like? Oh, man. Jesus in you, I am blessed. Oh, Jesus, you chose me before. You chose me? You chose me? I didn't go find you. You chose me. And and just, just chewing on that and putting yourself to sleep at night chewing on that. Let me tell you the power of it. It not only renews the conscious mind, But through meditation at night, you are putting the Word of God into your subconscious. Now, why is that important? Because every one of us have in our subconscious pain, victimization, memories, old stuff that we did that every now and again jumps out and grabs you and pulls you back and says, where are you going You're not that good. You get back here. And it'll keep you from entering into where God wants you to enter in. It just reaches out and grabs you and pulls you right back. But through meditation, by meditating on the Word of God, it starts going into the subconscious. Now what happens is, if you really enter into this and you authentically start meditating at night, consistently, the first three to five nights you'll have some pretty bad dreams. Might even border on night terror. Because what's happening is the Holy Spirit is taking the Word of God and He's flushing out the subconscious. He's flushing out. If you'll be consistent, if you will consistently meditate every night by the 6th, 7th, 8th night, you'll start having righteous dreams. By the 10th night, consistently doing that you'll start having really godly dreams and i'm telling you you start doing that about a month into it you will start having prophetic dreams you'll find yourself waking up in the morning singing praises you will wake up singing praises you will wake up thinking about god you will wake up thinking in righteousness almighty god is renewing your subconscious he is transforming you can you imagine Can you imagine, sir, what it would be like to truly be free from that stuff that has held you in prison all of your life till now? (laughs) 
can you imagine, daughter of God, what it would be like to truly be free from that abuse, that molestation, all that memory that you've stuffed and it's held in your subconscious and it holds you prisoner. But Almighty God said, it is for freedom that Christ has made you free. Stand with me, will you please? For those of you that have been watching online, I say to you now in the name of Jesus, be free. Be free in Jesus Christ. Sir, you have been told all your life you were a failure. And you have lived out of that failure all your life. And you have, you have had moments where it looked like you were going to break free and you were finally going to succeed in business only to have it cave in again because you self-destructed out of fear of success. And Almighty God says to you, no more. I want you to be free. And sir, I urge you now, go to prayer, cry out to Almighty God because this is your day to go free. There are many in this room. I have prayed long and hard over this message for you today. I've been working on this message for four solid weeks, getting just this message ready for you just this time. Because there are some of you here, you have been living in failure. You've been living in fear of failure, fear of success. You've been living in the fear of people. You've been living in this bondage. And God says, don't live there one more day. You're a, you're a son of God. Sir, rise up as a son of God. You're a daughter of God, dear. Don't, don't stay as a victim. You're a daughter of God. You are free from that past. You are free from that condemnation. Come on, rise up in your freedom and truly pursue who you are in Christ. That's what God made you for. No one is made to be a failure. No one is made to be a prisoner of that stuff. That is all out of the powers of darkness. Satan came to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus Christ came so you could live the abundant life. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at winacity.com.